The Orange FM. Welcome to another episode of Bad Wolf Radio, a discussion and review podcast all about Doctor Who. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Goins, and I'm here with a man who was wearing bow ties way before they were cool, and I bet he's wearing one today, Adam Farmer. <laughs> someone someone read my Twitter feed. I yeah. definitely did have my bow tie on today. Um, it was just one of those days, you know, every now and then you got to bust it back out. So I had it on. I actually don't have it on right now though. I decided to go a little bit more, uh, relaxed for our recording. So I have removed my bow tie. I feel like when you're going to record a Dr. Who podcast, that is the best time to keep your bow tie on. I'm getting ready for whatever the, uh, next Dr. Who piece of paraphernalia will be once Dr. S- or once Dr. Smith, once Matt Smith retires his bow tie for good. This is true. We will be saying goodbye to the bow tie soon. Yeah. But that's not to say the new doctor is not going to be wearing a bow tie as well. I, I, for some reason, I doubt that the bow tie will make it past Matt Smith. Well, I was actually reminded because I was watching some Doctor Who episodes this past week. And I was reminded that there was actually an episode that David Tennant wore a bow tie. Do you remember that? Really? What what episode did he wear a bow tie? In the Cybermen episodes, the uh, Rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel. From ah, when they jumped to the alternate universe, and instead of is that is that the right one? Yes, alternate universe, Mickey and Ricky. Yes, and Rose's mom is actually turned into a Cyberman. Yes, exactly. So this uh, he he's wearing a tuxedo during that episode and it includes a bow tie so (laughs) (laughs) nice nice pull by you i guess he did wear a bow tie at one point in time maybe 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 uh, capaldi will don a bow tie then maybe he'll wear a tuxedo at some point well let's talk a little bit about what doctor who stuff we've been up to since uh, the recording of our last episode definitely do you want to do you want to start have you uh you you mentioned the one episode that you watched with uh, the Rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel. Did you watch anything else? I did watch a handful of episodes. I'm actually lucky because we have a guest staying with us for the next few weeks at my house uh, over the Christmas vacation. And this girl um, had actually watched the first season of Doctor Who and stopped watching it <laughs> for the first season. Nice. And uh, I asked her why. And she said basically she loved Christopher Eccleston so much that when they killed him off, she refused to watch any more episodes. Wow. So I told her, hey, you know what? Christopher Eccleston was good, but the next guy is even better in my opinion. So you really need to watch these. So we started watching from the beginning of the second season. And, okay. You know, starting with the Christmas Invasion. Yes. And... um. Which, which I must say, when they uh, and some other things that I watched um, prior to our last episode, seeing Tennant in that episode, um, in the Christmas Invasion, 
It was just something else because he looks entirely different as you go throughout the other seasons. But continue. Sorry, I jump in there. Yes, he does. He does look a lot different. Very young, very much younger. Yeah, but, and very sleepy. But that might just be because he wears a bathrobe the entire time. He does with fruit in the pockets. But yeah, that's <laughs> yes. that's a really good episode. I actually really enjoy that episode. You know, just seeing the transition of you know the old doctor with the newer doctor and the the personality differences and how he's discovering what what sort of man he is. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. But we we did watch. Uh, other episodes, I kind of I haven't been watching all the ones with her, but she watched a few other ones, and then I watched The Rise of the Cybermen, The Age of Steel, and then the episode The Idiot's Lantern. Do you remember okay. that episode? Yeah, isn't that where he? Uh... Wait, no, that's that's a different one. The Idiot's Lantern. Idiot's that... Lantern is the one where people lose their faces into the TV yes, set. yes, and they go around. They they think they're going to end up in the sixties. So they're doesn't he have like a leather jacket on? Yeah, I don't know if he was wearing leather. Maybe he was at the very beginning of the episode, but they were on a motorcycle. They were dressed for the 60s. He had his yes. hair slicked back, um, which was all funny. But the episode itself, not a big fan. Didn't it, like the whole face removal stuff. It was just a little too strange. It was kind of, it, it definitely, uh, it definitely wasn't a, the strongest episode for Tenet, but it, it was interesting with the grandma locked upstairs in the bedroom and no face and banging on the wall and the floor the entire time. It definitely had its creepy aspect to it. Yeah, it did. But yeah, so that I was lucky enough to be able to introduce some of, uh, David Tennant's Doctor Who to a person that hadn't watched it before. So we've been kind of going through them, and I probably, you know, over the next few weeks, probably watching a lot more of David Tennant's episodes as well. So she is she, during your absences while you're at work or out and about, is she continually watching through those episodes? I think so. So I'll probably miss whatever one she watches while I'm away. So it just will be whatever she happens to be watching at the time when I get back is what I'll be catching. Nice. Just make sure that you uh, catch a girl in the fireplace. I missed that one. That that actually came before the rise of Cybermen. And I oh, really? Caught, she was watching the very end of it when I got home from work yesterday, so I did miss that one. But I will say this. One thing I was reminded of by going back and watching these older episodes of Doctor Who is how much Mickey, poor Mickey, just <laughs> got so disrespected. And uh, I feel really bad for him just to, to kind of see him go from being Rose's boyfriend to basically being a meaningless character to you know both rose and the doctor it's almost like they they just didn't appreciate him and i felt really bad for him i told you to keep an eye on her she's all right she goes wandering off parallel world it's like a gingerbread house all those temptations calling up oh so it's just rose then nothing out there to tempt me well i don't know i can't worry about everything and, and you can say what you want about Rory, about how he was kind of, I don't know, he was always kind of pushed aside as well, but it's nothing compared to what happened to uh, to him. He he is always put down. He is always getting the short end of the stick. I think the only one that ever truly appreciated him was Martha, and that was in the end. Yes, yes, he did end up with Martha. but um, And I thought the character... Got def- he definitely got better as it went along. I remember when he first showed up in the very first episode of Doctor Who with Eccleston, and I just saw him as an annoying side character. But as the character went on, I really liked him, and I thought the actor started doing better even. His acting got better. Uh, but I really liked his part in the uh, the Cyberman episodes where he had to play two different roles. Yeah. I thought he did really well with that. I, I agree. He definitely got... He definitely became a stronger character 
um, as he went on. And kind of towards the end, you kind of look back at him and, and kind of fondly, kind of sad to see him go. But yeah, definitely, definitely towards the start, it was a little bit rough. Did I ever tell you that I met him, the actor? I, I not you never told me, but I saw pictures. Yeah, I just just recently in uh, I think August of this year. Was that Dragon Con? Yes, I was down at Dra- Dragon Con and I saw that he was there. I don't typically go and wait in line to uh, to get celebrities' autographs. It's just not my thing. I don't like to spend <laughs> money on something like that. But yeah. I do like getting pictures with celebrities when given the opportunity. So I did go up to his table. He didn't really have a very long line. There was a few people waiting in line to meet him. I just went up there and kind of, you know, it's always that awkward moment when you ask him how much, how much for a picture with you. Um, and I can't even remember how much it was. It was probably like $20, something like that. So I was like, you know what? I probably won't ever get another opportunity really to to meet him or talk to him. or yeah. So it was worth $20 to have a, a short conversation with him and get a picture. But he was really genuinely nice. I've I've met you know, a number of these celebrities at conventions. And some of them are kind of just like, you can tell they're just kind of annoyed that they even have to be there and they don't really enjoy all the attention that they're getting from the fans. But he really was genuinely kind and, uh, you know, just stood right up when I came over there, uh, asked for a picture with him. He came out from behind the table, which a lot of the celebrities don't do. They they won't even let you near them kind of thing. You have to lean uh. back, you know, over the table to get a picture with them. But he came right around opened his arms wide and <laughs> and was like, this picture comes with a hug and like gave me this <laughs> big hug. And I was nice. like, okay. So I was like, I'm hugging Mickey. <laughs> but yeah, so it was a pretty cool, pretty cool moment to meet him. So now whenever I go back and watch his episodes, I, I look at him differently now. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I mean, once you, once you know the guy personally, I mean, you can't look down on him anymore, right? <laughs> I don't know if I could say a no. <laughs> it's not like we went out for drinks afterward, but you know, he was he was definitely nice, and I have a picture, you know, a souvenir on my Facebook page. I was gonna of, say that might need to make it to uh, the Bad Wolf Radio Facebook page. Right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I should post it just to uh, to show that uh, I did meet him for a brief two to three minutes. Solidify solidify your Doctor Who cred. Yeah. So, well, other than that, just watching some older episodes, I did wa- I did start listening to the next Doctor Who or Eighth Doctor Adventure which was titled Minuet in Hell. Okay. Um, haven't gotten very far into it. Seems pretty interesting. The doctor, you know, at the very beginning doesn't know who he is. Uh, so and Sounds I'm, familiar. So, yeah. I'm not sure why. There definitely seems to be some kind of Satanistic cult involved. So okay. I'll be interested to hear more uh, of that eighth doctor adventure on my drive home from uh, from recording today. Nice. And out of curiosity, since you're just getting started with that, is the Eighth Doctor taking on the name of John Smith? Not yet. And I, I don't think that's where they're going with it, but um, I'll definitely be interested to see why he has lost his memory. And uh, his companion as well, uh, Charlie, has lost her memory. Um, and they're in different places, so... Charlie? Oh, sorry, Becky Lee. Sorry, I was just thinking, remembering... I've remembered something important. I didn't come to this place alone. I had a friend with me. A doctor, I think. There's a lot to be explained, so I'm really excited to to hear more about it. I've really enjoyed these Eighth Doctor adventures, so I would definitely recommend them. Cool. I I definitely need to get uh, some of those recordings and start making my way through them. I 
probably would find myself enjoying them, especially, I don't know, laying in bed, listening to them as I drift off into sleep. Probably be a good way to finish off my nights. So, Adam, have you been watching any Doctor Who or doing any Doctor Who stuff lately? It has, it has been somewhat of a uh, a desert for me when it comes to Doctor Who. I haven't watched anything since our last episode, which is horrible, other than I will say I have watched the trailers. Um, I've read a few articles of things coming out about the upcoming show, which we'll talk about. Um, one thing that I did do, kind of funny, and I can say I've never been into the store um before which some might think that is kind of funny that i've never been in there but i was walking through the mall with my wife um can't even remember why we were there in the first place um but we were walking through and started to walk past hot topic and i looked in and sure enough almost right by the window they had a large display of doctor who stuff so i did a 180 ran back into the store and just stood in awe of all the amazing doctor who figures that they had they had i mentioned last time that i got a little vinyl figure it's actually from the company called titans um bbc made vinyl figure of the eighth doctor well walking in there they had the tardis they had the 10th Doctor, they had the 11th Doctor, and then they also had a weeping angel <laughs> without the eyes covered, mouth wide open. So I, uh, I I added, I took a picture of them, I added them to my wish list, and then they also had a ton of other t-shirts and all sorts of stuff. So believe it or not, I might be stopping back into Hot Topic at some point in the near future to pick some of those up so I could throw those on my desk along with everything else. But outside of that, it's been a very dry couple of weeks when it comes to Doctor Who. I've had other things kind of jump in the way, which is kind of sad, but things like The Hobbit that I had, I just had to take advantage of, so that kind of took up one of my nights and just a few other things here and there. So Doctor Who has kind of fallen, not by the wayside, but just in the back of my mind um, until the Christmas special uh, comes out. One thing that we did kind of skip over because of all the talk of the 50th anniversary is we never really talked about the the docudrama that they did, An Adventure in Space and Time. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it is kind of old news, but ju- I was just curious. Did you get a chance to watch it, and ha- how did you feel about it? I have it actually downloaded on my, on my Apple uh, TV. Um, it actually came as part of the season pass that I got when I purchased for the 50th anniversary episode, but I haven't watched it. <laughs> oh, I'm just <laughs> it calling is... you out for all kinds of stuff. I today. know, I know. I'm I, I'm gonna have to retire after this are, episode. Are you gonna make it to episode four? Probably not. Probably not. I think I'm about to hang up my uh, Doctor Who scarf. Well, tell me you at least watched the uh, the parody, the five-ish Doctors reboot. You are killing me tonight. No, <laughs> absolutely killing me tonight. Well, fine. I will. I will just say then. I did watch them, um, being the good Doctor Who fan that I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the adventure in space and time, I won't, you know, take too long on it. But I, I thought it was pretty well done, pretty well made overall. The acting was really good. I think if you're not really into Doctor Who and you haven't watched a lot of the classic stuff, or especially the first Doctor, um, you probably wouldn't get quite as much out of it as a as a big fan would, somebody that has watched some of that stuff. But overall, I thought it was a very interesting story just to kind of see how the first, or how the Doctor Who series 
became and how it came to be and how close it was to never coming to be. Right. Um, and I thought that was very interesting. And then just seeing, you know, kind of what happened with William Hartnell as the first doctor and his coming on to it and then his leaving the show as well and how that all transpired. Um, kind of a sad story, really. So um, I would definitely recommend it, especially if you've watched the William Hartnell years of the Doctor, or even if you've only watched some of them, um, I would definitely recommend watching this special. It was it was really cool, right? And 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 for me, and also for the the one or two people who might be listening, <laughs> who are in the same boat as me and haven't watched it yet, it really is just the introduction to how Doctor Who came about. Correct? It, it's kind of the struggle of trying to find something new and interesting to put on TV. Is that correct? And just kind of how they, they worked through everything. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, you know, they were looking to, to add a, a show to the BBC lineup that was more geared toward kids. And, and uh, they wanted to come up with like a science fiction show that was for the children. And this, this is kind of what came out of it. And the story of, you know, the people that were involved, the unlikely, you know, people that made Dr. Who what it was. So, yeah, and I won't, like, you know, spoil too many of the details for people that want to watch it, but um, I would definitely recommend checking it out if you're a fan of Doctor Who. Cool. Which you probably are if you're listening to this podcast. Most likely, unless you found yourself looking for fairy tales and you saw Bad Wolf, so you jumped on board. Yeah, I was disappointed in a friend of mine who recently said, oh, I heard you started a, a new podcast, and I was like, yeah, and he's like, what was it called? And I said, oh, it's called Bad Wolf Radio, and he said, oh, what's that about? And this is a friend of mine who watches <laughs> Doctor Who. And I was like, Bad Wolf, it was like a major story plot point. And he was just kind of like, oh, yeah. So maybe the name isn't as recognizable to fans as I thought it would be. But but you true fans, you know what our show title means. And you have also probably already watched An Adventure in Space and Time. Yes. Props true, to you. True fans have. <laughs> Moving on. But the uh, the Five-ish Doctors reboot, uh, also, I would definitely recommend. That was available online. I think it probably still is. If you just Google it, the Five-ish Doctors reboot, just Google that. You should be able to find the video. Uh, basically, it's like a 30-minute kind of parody video of the, let's see, what was it? The fifth, sixth, and seventh Doctors, uh, the actors who played them, and their attempts to make their way onto the 50th anniversary special. So <laughs> nice. Peter Davison, uh, Sylvester McCoy, and Colin Baker. Uh, pretty hilarious. I thought it was really funny. So I w- that's another one. If if you haven't had a chance to check that out yet, or if you didn't know it existed, go ahead and Google that, and we'll you know we'll probably throw the link in our show notes as well. We uh, might have to look somewhere else for it because I just jumped to BBC's page, and it's currently not available on the BB- BBC iPlayer. Oh uh, yeah, so. Because we live in the States, they may have only had it for a short period of time available. So that might be one that if you're in the States, you might be out of luck to catch that one at this point. But there's got to be somebody out there that has it bootlegged. So <laughs> Which we it. don't condone no. at all. We don't condone bootlegging. But <laughs> if you should happen to, uh, to find it, please pass it along. So, But okay, enough about all of that stuff. Let's get into what we really want to talk about in this episode, what's really important right now in the Doctor Who fandom, and that is the upcoming Christmas special, The Time of the Doctor. Yes. So we've gotten a couple trailers online now, a shorter one and a more extensive trailer. 
and then just some articles that talk about some of the events that are going to happen in there. You know, obviously, spoiler alert, if you if you don't know this, I'm impressed at your abilities to avoid spoilers, but the Doctor is going to regenerate in this next episode, and there are some articles out there that have been talking about the regeneration and what it means for this episode, and Stephen Moffat has had some things to say about it, so let's, yeah. let's get into it. Yeah, so last episode, we actually brief very brief discussion about the numbering how we, how are we going to be referring to capaldi um what doctor was he actually once we threw john hurt into the picture so where do you think we are now what doctor is peter capaldi okay so this is where it gets a little tricky because i have always believed that Peter Capaldi would be, well, obviously he, numbering-wise, we're calling him the 12th, but he technically is the 13th because of John Hurt now being pushed into this this series of doctors. Right, which prior to the 50th anniversary, everybody would have been completely fine calling him the 12th because Matt Smith has always been referred to as the 11th, and we had the 11th hour, and we had other episodes within Matt Smith's um, tenure as a doctor that referred to him or would seem to refer to him as the 11th. Right. So, okay. So let's get into it a little bit. Some of the quotes from, from Stephen Moffat, he has been quoted as saying that Matt Smith is actually the 13th and final doctor. Wait, stop there. The 13th and final doctor. Right. So in doctor who lore, the doctor is supposed to be able to regenerate 12 times or any, I think, I think any time Lord, should only be able to uh, regenerate 12 times. Right, which so, we would have been at 12 with Peter Capaldi. So I don't see where the problem is. Right. So apparently, according to Stephen Moffat, David Tennant used up one of his regenerations. This is the quote. Uh, he says here, John Hurt is officially now a doctor, and David Tennant used up an extra regeneration during his stay in storylines dating back to when Russell T. Davies was Doctor Who showrunner. So that whole event that happened with David Tennant's doctor where he was starting to regenerate and then was able to save himself. And I never really kind of understood how that all happened. But then like some of his regeneration power went into a severed hand. Right. Do you remember these episodes? Dr. Donna. So, yeah, right. So apparently with that whole event that happened, he used up one of his regenerations. Okay. Which is something I never thought was the case you know right it's almost like okay steven part of me wonders if he if he really wanted smith to kind of be that final regeneration so he kind of made this up like oh where can we fit this in oh yeah remember that time that david Tennant did this you know so i don't know how i feel about it i think it's kind of weird that they're saying now that he's the 13th i don't know how do you feel it's one of those things that as i was reading through the article it just got my head spinning (laughs) where it's like okay because the headline itself is basically says Doc, Doctor Who Matt Smith is the thirteenth Doctor official, and I, I it just stopped me in my tracks. It's like okay, I understood that we were going to run into an issue where there were only to be twelve Doctors, which would mean technically Capaldi would be the last Doctor. But then we throw John Hurt into the mix, and that one kind of threw me off as well. And then as you read through the article, he brings up the whole situation with Tennant. And using up one of his regenerations at that point. 
And by the end of it, it's like, okay, I now understand why they're calling Matt Smith the 13th. But when we get into numbering, um, it's it's always interesting because they try to parse it by regeneration count to incarnation and how many regenerations has he had versus how many incarnations has there been. And it, it's a it's a fun article to read through. I always thought there was two explanations as to what they would do when it came down to this. I either thought, number one, they would just ignore it and say, you know what, the whole rule of regenerations, that's classic Doctor Who. We're not living by those rules anymore and just kind of go on, act like nothing really happened. The other explanation I thought was when, back in the episode Let's Kill Hitler, mm-hmm. uh, River, Bad River, uses her regenerations, all of her regenerations, to stop the Doctor from dying. Do you remember this? Yes. Okay. So I kind of thought, okay, that's the explanation as to how the Doctor can have more than you know, 12 regenerations, because River gave all of hers to him. So now he has all of hers, however many she had left. Right. Uh, so I just assumed that maybe that would be an explanation as well. But it seems like that's not the case. Stephen Moffat's definitely saying that this is the final, you know, of that rule, it's the final regeneration of the Doctor, or the final life of the Doctor. I guess Matt Smith is the 13th. Um, and he says, and I quote, it's a central part of Doctor Who mythology. Science fiction is all about rules. You can't just casually break them. So they're definitely going to live by this rule. The question is, How? <laughs> I guess that that will be explained more in the uh, the episode itself. All we can do at this point is speculate. Exactly, it's definitely going to be interesting. It's gonna, I don't know. We were gonna we were gonna find ourselves in that same position either um, a couple years down the road or now. And I guess we're already there, so it's time to time to figure it out. The one thing I do want to call Stephen Moffat out on, and I know he listens to this podcast, <laughs> of course, and we appreciate it, Mister Moffat. That he says in one of his quotes that basically the numbering of the doctors is kind of an out of universe thing. It's for the fans, but it's not. It's never really referred to in universe. <laughs> and I have to really call him out on that because they really they do use the numbering. Um, you know, there's a the thing, the fall of the eleventh, and the time that you know Matt Smith saw the eleven on the door um, in the in the what was that God complex? I think correct. Yes. And and then in even in the trailers for the, the Christmas special, you have Clara talking about, you know, when the clock strikes 12. So there's all these, like, kind of cryptic hints at the numbering. So it does matter, I think. Right. I, I'm, yeah, it's one of those things where as much as I would kind of want to follow Moffat and say, oh, yeah, that's just something that we've all kind of just imposed upon the Doctor up to this point. It's really hard to do that when you do have... I mean, you have the 11th hour, um, the introduction of the 11th doctor, which they didn't hide all that much. And then we get to this time to transition to the 12th doctor awake, the 13th doctor. Oh no, sorry. The 14th doctor. And in the trailer itself, it's, and now it's time for one last bow. Like all your other selves, 11's hour is over. Now the clock is striking 12's. You're you're moving from the eleventh to the twelfth. There's there's no way to hide that. I appreciate what he's trying to do and kind of convince us all that everything is making perfect sense and everything will be fine. But there's something major going on that I don't quite understand. Yeah, maybe they'll iron it all out in the special, but I I feel like they're not going to. I don't know how they can. 
Well, uh, Moffat has promised that all of the elevenths, which is another interesting thing, that all of the elevenths questions, all the loose ends will be tied up. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out in the uh, Christmas special. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Christmas special. We've gotten a couple trailers, and we can, you know, based on those trailers, we probably can't speculate too much more than we did last week, but there's there's a little bit more that they showed us, so we can definitely speculate. Before we started recording our episode, I did tweet out and also put on our Facebook page um, that if anyone had any questions for us during the episode, that they could go ahead and tweet them back to us or leave a comment on Facebook, and we will possibly answer your question on the air. So we did actually get a question uh, from one of our listeners named Michaela, and her question does refer to the Christmas special. So I'll go ahead and read the question, and then we can kind of answer her questions as, because she actually has multiple questions here, um, as we talk <laughs> awesome. about the, the trailers and stuff. But basically, this is what she says. Uh, we've seen in the trailers that the Silence, Daleks, Weeping Angels, and Cybermen will all be in the Christmas special. What do you think of them all being in the same episode, and do you think they will be working together in any way? And also, what about the wooden Cybermen, since the sonic screwdriver doesn't work on wood, dot, dot, dot. So... I guess we can start out by talking about all of these, you know, villains that are coming back for the Christmas special. What do you think? Why do you think they're all there? Are they going to be working together or do they all just kind of come for the show to see the doctor regenerate? <laughs> and and kind of this is one of those things that not for spoilers, but the BBC has made it kind of clear the plot point of of the Christmas special. So it, it basically sets it out that it is a trap for the doctor moving forward. Um, that something has drawn everybody together and it's pretty much a trap for the doctor. It's not the first time that we've seen the Cybermen and the Daleks together, which um, that would have been the, the Pandorica opens, which was an amazing episode in and of itself. Um, so those two I'm, I'm kind of fine with. But then throwing in there the Weeping Angels and um, the Silence, it definitely, it definitely has me interested to see what's going on. Um, it, it's kind of like different levels of a video game. Does he have to make it through one villain before he goes to the next? Are they all going to be kind of separated in their own little areas and he just kind of works his way through them? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be working together, but it's it's definitely interesting. Are you, are you happy that there's so many of the villains? Uh, or do you think it might be overkill that maybe they should have focused on, you know, one of the villains? No, I'm... I'm completely fine because not only do we have all the the new villains, but we have this mysterious new villain that is showing up in the Christmas special, which supposedly the doctor knows, but I have no idea who she is. So I think that adds that little piece of mystery to it that I'm completely fine if they throw everybody else into it as well. So you're talking about the lady with the face paint? Yes, the face paint lady, which I ended up finding out that her name is... And hopefully I can get it correct and that I don't prove myself a fool when the episode actually shows. But Tasha Lim. Okay. And so in the trailer, we actually see, I guess she's kind of the main villain, I would think. Yeah, um, she's she's the one that's uh, declaring towards the end of one of the trailers that uh, something about the time war. Oh, yeah. She did say something about the the time war will begin anew, I believe is exactly what she says. Yes. So that is an interesting, you know, because we just saw on the 50th anniversary that the time war was stopped by the doctors. And now I guess she's kind of threatening to, 
to start it again. So I, I wonder if it will be a direct tie-in to what we saw in the uh, 50th anniversary special where she maybe has a way of bringing the Time Lords and Daleks, or I guess the Daleks aren't even still around. They all killed each other, but they... They show up in the episode. Yeah, so, well, obviously the Daleks, because of their ability to be in numerous places in time, (laughs) have never actually been completely destroyed, although the Doctor, I think, believes he did it a couple times. It'll be interesting to see how they're tying in the Time War and also uh, Transalore, she mentions. I guess that's where the battle is going to happen. That's actually where they are. So I'm pretty sure that throughout the trailer, as you're seeing the houses and the snow and the fields, I'm pretty sure that is Trenzalore itself, which is an interesting view because the last time we saw Trenzalore, it was nothing but a barren wasteland with a massive TARDIS in the middle of it. So I guess this is maybe the, you know, before the battle happens. So once the battle is finished, then that's where we'll see the barren wasteland. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so when the Doctor said, this is where I die, I know in the, uh, what was the name of that episode? The Name of the Doctor? Yep, The Name of the Doctor. When he said that that's where he's going to die, Translore, and that's where he didn't want to go, for whatever reason, I always believed that he meant that's where he dies for good, like the fut- future version of him. Right. Um, I didn't think that he just meant his current self. So now I'm starting to think, oh, okay, this isn't where the doctor dies for good. This is just where the 11th dies. Did you always feel that way or were you kind of confused about that as well? No, I was, I was right there with you that, um, looking at, uh, sorry, I just read something that just kind of threw me off that I'm trying to. Did you read a spoiler? I don't think it's a spoiler. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, enlighten so, us if it, if it's not a spoiler. <laughs> so I was just uh, I was just looking at the article that I uh, an article that I pulled up on Tasha Lim and doing what is always good, just scrolling through the comments of people talking about it. And one person made mention that well, there's a lot of people who are making all sorts of mentions of all sorts of th- things, but um, that the name itself could be something that would infer that she's actually a regeneration of the master, which is kind of funny to think of. But then Uh, someone else mentioned that she could be the doctor's daughter, which is someone that I have not thought about in a very long time. But if she ends up being the doctor's daughter, that would be amazing. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they wouldn't go there with with the daughter. I could totally see them going there with the master. Yeah. Well, they're saying that, um, Tasha Lim is an anagram for La Masta. <laughs> a little bit but of a stretch, but in certain French, countries that might mean French something. French for master. So, um, yeah. Anyways, so sorry. We just completely got off base. I apologize for that. Um, where That's were okay. We? I don't even remember. So we can just move on. I don't even remember what my question was. <laughs> um, you, you got me. You got me thinking about this whole master thing, but uh, I, I doubt know. that's what they're doing with it. But hey, that would always be an interesting twist. She's and and I think that's there's there's a lot of different things um, about the trailers. Um, just like thinking through the different aspects of it, and she is definitely a major aspect of the trailer to see who she who she potentially could be because they definitely infer that she's someone that the doctor knows. Um, and then even listening to some of their banter in the trailer, albeit a few seconds of it, where she says, oh, that's your new body. 
and he makes some comment like new body i've i've been going around in this body for centuries is that a new body this old thing please i've been rocking it for centuries um there's definitely a relationship there that that we should know what it is gonna be interesting to see what actually turns out with that so she's she's definitely a main character i am a little concerned based on a quote that Stephen Moffat gave. All right, so here's the quote. There's a lot of humor in this one because Matt's doctor has been a funny doctor. And if you're going to make people miss him, then just remind them how funny he is. So that kind of concerns me. As a fan of Doctor Who, but not as a very big fan of Matt Smith's kind of clowniness, that kind of has me concerned that maybe this episode will have a lot of kind of slapsticky type of humor, which is stuff that I can definitely do without when it comes to Matt Smith's portrayal of the Doctor. I know that stuff doesn't near doesn't bother you nearly as much as it bothers me, but what do you think about that quote from Moffat? That quote kind of has me concerned um, because we're coming to the end of Smith. And I think because of what we've been treated to in the past with the passing on of two Doctors, at least... Um, the the moving forward from Eccleston to Tennant and then from Tennant to Smith. I kind of like that that solemn, <laughs> the sad part of watching the Doctor go. I kind of like the intensity intensity leading up to it. I'm kind of concerned if he's setting out to remind us of how funny the Doctor was. I'm afraid they're going to go overboard with trying to make sure we realize how funny Matt Smith was um, throughout his time as the doctor. So I'm, I'm definitely concerned. Um, there's definitely some things about just some of the trailers that have come out that would kind of lend themselves to what are we getting ourselves into with the passing of this doctor. Um, and we're coming off the 50th anniversary, which I would say across the board for most people that I've talked to was very well liked. Right. You know, so we're coming off a very high note. So there is the possibility of this maybe being a little bit of a letdown just because of how good the 50th was. Okay, so we're talking about the regeneration of Matt Smith. And some pictures have recently been released, promotional, promotional images from the, from the Christmas special of Matt Smith in the TARDIS with Clara. And he looks to be completely nude. Yes. Um. How do you think that plays in? I kind of wonder if this is something where maybe it's happening right before he regenerates. So when he actually regenerates into Capaldi, it forces him to find new clothing. You know, they, they maybe use that as him finding his new outfit. So maybe that's where they're going with it. Like, do you have any thoughts if, if that's going to be an important plot point to to the story? Or is it maybe just a gag that happens, like, at the beginning of the episode? I, well... You might be onto something there because he starts out the episode or he's he we've already seen him in the trailer wearing a completely different outfit. So maybe it is just a gag getting started. Um, we also know that he meets Claire's parents. So maybe he's just trying to figure out a perfect, uh, perfect outfit to meet her parents. in. I don't know. I hope I hope it doesn't get too drawn out. Um, the only thing that would make sense would be before the regeneration but something tells me just from what we've seen he's not going to have time to kind of pick out an outfit before the the regeneration the trailers make it seem pretty dramatic in the fashion that his regeneration is going to be taking place so um yeah i i don't know i saw those pictures and to be honest yeah 
it does it, it just has me a little confused at what they're trying to do there it'll be an interesting parallel though because if you remember his very first episode um the 11th hour he has a scene where he's changing from tenant's clothing into a new outfit and he gets naked as well so in his very first episode and his very last episode matt smith will have been naked <laughs> nice little bookends to so, yeah, uh finish to this off and by yes so the one thing that I am wondering that I hope they do is some sort of transition from the the name of the Doctor episode where they're in Translore, they go into the Doctor's time stream that's inside yeah. of the TARDIS, his tomb, and the the episode ends with him seeing John Hurt and kind of explaining to Clara like who he was. But there's never any explanation as to how he got out of his own time stream. And so I kind of hope they, they tie that in. They probably will with the Christmas special uh, because they're on Transalore. But yeah, I'll just be very interested to see how that all fits in with, you know, how did he get from that to what they did in the 50th and now back to Transalore. You know, is what happened in the 50th anniversary not necessarily, you know, it doesn't fit in between the two. Like it's actually, it happens at another time or does it all fit together? I don't know. I hope they kind of explain that. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting point. And we kind of talked about this a little bit with the, the 50th too. How did they get from where they were to where they are? They have to kind of explain it. If you were to ask me, what is one loose end that I want to see tied up before the, um, 11th passes on because Moffat says all loose ends will be tied up. I think that's a pretty major loose end. Um, how did he get from where he was to the 50th episode? Was it different time streams? Um, Clara would have seen John hurt in the name of the doctor episode. And yet she doesn't seem to, she, she doesn't seem to recognize him right off the bat when it gets to the 50th. She knows who he is, but she says she knows who he is just because of his eyes. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. That would be a great loose end to see tied up. Definitely. So I'm definitely looking forward to the Christmas special. It's coming in not very, you know, what, six days from now that we record this, probably yeah. even closer when this episode is released. So really ex- excited about it. How? What are your plans as far as how are you taking it in? Are you going to be watching it live or are you going to be able to do that with all the Christmas celebrations going on? I... Because of my setup, I'm always probably a day behind. So come come Christmas Day, I'm going to enjoy my time. But then come the day after, I will be watching it on my Apple TV. So I, I will avoid all spoilers. <laughs> um, I'm going to avoid as much as I can come Christmas, which probably won't be hard because of other things going on. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be waiting until the day after and then I'm going to jump into it and hopefully give it um one watch through that day and then hopefully an, a couple other watches oh watches a couple other watch throughs um before the weekend's up so as far as me taking the doctor who special in i probably will attempt to watch it live i know we have family events going on that might cause it so i can't catch it typically uh bbc america plays the episode again that night so if I miss the original showing of it, I will try to catch the the late night. That's what we did the last two eps or the last two uh, years for the Christmas special. We actually watched the. I think they started at like eleven or even maybe as late as midnight. 
um, but we stayed up and watched that. So that's kind of, you know, that's probably how I'll do it. They're also doing that um, goodbye to Matt Smith episode right okay. before it. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll catch that live just because of the time of day it's on, but hopefully I can catch that at some point as well. I don't know if you'd want to catch that live. I wonder if that's going to uh, have spoilers in it to what's going to happen in the episode. I doubt it just because it's it's airing right before uh, the special, so I doubt that they would give away stuff. So it's probably more just a general goodbye and not necessarily getting into the details of it. Right. So. I don't know. I don't know. You never know. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's coming up. And uh, I know most Whovians out there are extremely excited. This is a pretty big event, you know, for fans of Doctor Who because we get to watch, you know, another Doctor regenerate into a brand new character. And we're all kind of wondering if we're going to like the new one. So, yeah. I mean, we, we are we are on the verge of something very, very special <laughs> um, to be able to transition to yet another doctor. And honestly, the more the more I reflect on the doctors that we've seen, the more I'm excited to see the doctor that is yet to be. That's to know what type of doctor Capaldi is going to be. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting. The 50th has given me a lot of hope to see what happens with the doctor that is yet to come. Now, do you think that they're going to, you know, stick true to form for the last two regenerations and give us, you know, at the very end of Eccleston's season, you get to see Tennant. When Tennant regenerates into Smith, we actually got, you know, some lines from Smith, you know, kind of discovering, you know, he had longer hair and he asks if he if he's a ginger, things like that. So do you think true to form that they will give us a quick little, you know, intro to Capaldi that way? Or do you think there's a possibility that we'd even get more time with him at the end of the episode? I I definitely think that we'll we'll see Capaldi. I there is very very little doubt in my mind that we wouldn't get to see him. Um, I think the fact that he's already had somewhat of a cameo in the fiftieth anniversary, um, and uh, I think there's been hints and clues leading up to this, which might be on the verge of spoilers depending on how closely you looked at the posters. I I'm convinced that we'll get to see Capaldi and and the Christmas special. All right. Well, there you have it. Oh, we didn't even like really. An- now that I think about it, we really didn't even answer her question because she was asking about like the whole wood and all that the, stuff. The wood Cyberman, which I yeah, don't know I guess... why you would go forward with a wood Cyberman. And it's kind of funny because watching the trailers, they show him whittling wood, so it might be a very very short lived wood Cyberman. I also want to know why in the trailers in trailers and a lot of pictures he just carries around the head of that cyberman i think it's because there's some sort of information in the cyberman's head that he needs ah so i think he's carrying it with him because he's going to connect it to you know the tardis's interface or something because there's some information on there that he needs that's the only reason i could could fathom why he'd be carrying that head around 
Okay. Okay. And another thing from the trailer that we didn't mention initially, um, Clara getting grabbed by a weeping angel. Yes. And last time someone was grabbed by a weeping angel, I mean, that was Amy and Rory. They were kind of stuck somewhere forever. And yet here we see clearly that Clara is grabbed by a weeping angel. And I kind of wonder what happens to her. Yeah, they the weeping angels haven't always been really consistent as far as what exactly happens when they touch you. Because I remember in the the later episodes that I can't remember the title of them. Sacred now. Bob. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> the ones with River and all that. Yes. Um, in that abandoned spaceship. Yes. You know the the weeping angels in that one were able to actually touch people, but not actually send them back in time. But they were killing them in other ways. I guess they were like breaking people's necks, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah. So, and I think they had some sort of explanation because those weeping angels were different than other weeping angels or whatever. I don't really remember exactly. But so we know that there's different types of weeping angels. And depending on what type that Clara is facing, you know, maybe it's not the type that just sends you back in time as soon as they touch you. Yeah. And uh, another thing that jumps out from the, the trailer, the 50th anniversary they changed the past. They stopped the time war. They saved Gallifrey. And yet time and time again, in both trailers at least, both trailers that I watch, Clara or someone is making a comment about changing the future. So it's like the 50th anniversary episode, they changed the past. The Christmas special, they're changing the future. So what future are they changing? Are they changing the Doctor's future? Is Translord no longer his graveyard? Or maybe that ties into how we get to the 14th doctor. I want to know what they mean by changing the future. And also who is Clara talking to? Who is she with that has the power to change the future? Could it be Tasha Lem? Yeah, I think it is probably her, but who knows? Yeah, that's a, it's definitely some good questions there. And, and they say they're going to tell us everything. So there shouldn't be any loose ends at the end of this. Yeah. We also didn't mention how he meets Clara's parents and grandparent grandma it looks like so yet here we go again where he met donna's grandparents or donna's grandpa and now he's meeting clara's grandma is that going to play into it or is it more just to get us emotionally attached with clara before she she leaves well we're assuming it's her grandma it could just be some random old lady that happens to be a <laughs> so we'll see some, some random old lady that happens to be wearing the same um paper crown that Clara's wearing in one of the trailers yeah, and I think that that whole family part of it will probably just be kind of a side story or maybe something that, you know, they start the episode there. But I don't think any of those characters that are sitting around that table will really play into the events that are going to happen in the special. But are they are they developing deeper emotional connections with Clara that when Clara, if something happens to Clara in this episode, because they did that with Rory and Rory's dad, they brought yeah. him along to develop those those emotional connections and then they did that with donna and her grandpa more emotional connections and they're not gonna kill they're not gonna kill clara no i can tell you why because the bbc always tells us the names of the actors that are gonna be playing you know the doctor or the companion or whoever at least a year before they actually are in any episodes so if clara was going to be replaced with a new companion they would have already announced that actress or actor and we would know that she was on her way out. I mean, we how far in advance did we know that Amy and Rory were on their way out? 
uh, probably a year because of the space and time that they have between all of the uh, the the episodes and the breaks. So unfortunately, because of how quickly that news leaks, it's never a surprise when a, a companion finds their way off the show. So I would be and now they could prove me wrong and you know kill her off, and I would be I'd actually be happy with that because I'd be happy that they tricked me. <laughs> but nice. Not that I don't like the character because I really do like the character. Um, I would be very interested to see, you know, how she interacts with another doctor. We got to see Rose with Eccleston, but then we got to see her transition to a new doctor with with Tennant and how that changed their relationship. And I would love to see that same sort of thing with, with Clara and just see how she reacts to a completely different personality coming from this character that she really cares about. Yeah, I... <laughs> so I hope they keep her around, at least yeah, for be... one more season. In the in the 50th anniversary episode, I really got the feeling that um, Clara, she was more than just a companion. And in a way, she was kind of like the caretaker of the doctor. So if the goofy, happy-go-lucky, forgetful um, doctor disappears and we are brought to a brooding Peter Capaldi, which... I don't know. For some reason, I get the sense that he is going to be more of a serious brooding doctor than um, even Eccleston might have been considered. I don't know how Claire's character manages to kind of catch up with that doctor and maintain that relationship. Maybe that's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back and Clara won't travel anymore. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, we will. We shall see. Shoot, I might even throw one more thing out. Uh, go, when I was going back and watching the the episodes with Tennant, I don't think I will ever be able to go back and watch Eccleston or Tennant episodes without it being painted differently because of the events of the 50th anniversary. Really? And because of you know the fact that he killed the he killed the Daleks, he killed the the Time Lords. That's always been a fact about the Doctor, and now that fact has changed. And so every time I they mention anything about Gallifrey, anytime they talk about anything about the Time Lords, I always kind of perk up my ears and try to pay attention to see if it fits, you know, with yeah. what happened in the fiftieth. And there was there was a line that kind of stuck out to me that, you know, has nothing to do with the Christmas special or anything like that. But I thought it was interesting. Um in the episodes where they go to the parallel universe with the Cybermen. Yeah. Uh Ricky or I mean Mickey. Yeah, Mickey on the TARDIS is talking to the doctor and he says something about, you know, jumping through to different parallel universes. But I've seen it in comics. People go hopping from one alternative world to another. It's easy. Not in the real world. It used to be easy. When the time molds kept their eye on everything, you could pop between realities, home in time for tea. And they died and took it all with them. Walls of reality closed, the worlds were sealed. Everything became that bit less kind. The Time Lords, when they died, took that ability with them. Huh. The ability to jump from parallel universe to parallel universe. Which is a big plot point of that storyline. That they couldn't get back easily. Yeah. So, and now that the Time Lords aren't actually dead, it just, you know, that whole thing kind of just stuck out to me. Like, oh, hmm, this changes... This kind of changes some of the rules. You know, maybe they could explain it away and say, well, whatever the doctors did to the Time Lords and kind of tuck them away in that picture or whatever, you know, that caused the ability to go away as well. But it is always something that's in the forefront of my mind every time I watch these episodes now is he is a different, you know, 
is a different doctor now because I don't see him the same way I did before the 50th anniversary. Yeah, it's yeah, it's always interesting to see <laughs> to go back and watch now and have that in your mind. That's interesting that you've already seen that it impacts how you watch that. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this discussion of Bad Wolf Radio. Uh, if you want to to give us a follow, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Bad Wolf Podcast. And you can always find us on our Facebook fan page, Bad Wolf Radio. We already have quite a few of you following us there, liking our page. We definitely want a few few more of you jumping on Twitter. Um, I know that for myself and probably Aaron as well, that's our preferred way of keeping in contact. So once again, our Twitter is going to be at Bad Wolf Podcast. Our Facebook page, Bad Wolf Radio. And if you want, you can always shoot us an email at badwolfpodcast at gmail.com. Give us some feedback. Shoot us some questions. We're definitely looking forward to the coming episode where we discuss, review the Christmas episode. All right. And thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Later days. Later days.